0: Hey, expats and travelers, welcome to this week's episode sponsored by WorldPost.io, the virtual mailbox service powered by Anytime Mailbox. We'll get to the features and benefits a little later.
1: If you're interested in becoming an expat, whether you're moving to Portugal or another overseas location, I highly recommend you get your finances in order before you move.
0: Yes, it's actually really important that you do it before you go.
1: I know when we first got started, we did not do it that way. But if we knew John McNurtney at Green Ocean Global we would have gone to him as he's someone that is Lisbon-based and he is experienced with expat financial challenges. So he's a go-to person that we recommend.
0: Right. He can help you with long-term investments, financial systems, and international taxes.
1: And he's actually helped us and producer Dan has used him to explore what it would be like to move abroad and see if it would fit his family's current financial situation.
0: I think what's great about him is that he gives you personalized plans. He will look into your unique situation and he'll help you out.
1: And this is honestly what's super necessary because we get tax questions and finance questions on the YouTube channel and literally no background from the person that's asking us the question. So now we've started to point people to John.
0: Right, because everyone is different and everyone has their own unique situation. So you need an expert to help you out.
1: All right, so visit greenoceanglobal.net for contact information and further assistance. Check out the show notes below.
0: Welcome, my emerging expat. You're tuned in to Let's Move to Portugal. I'm producer Dan, and I have the distinct honor of bringing you YouTube travelers and our resident Portugal experts, expats everywhere's Josh and Kaylee. Each week, they'll inspire, they'll educate, and they'll accompany you on your journey to Portuguese residency. This week on Let's Move to Portugal, we're diving in with Dallas, a seasoned expat and friend of the show who'll share his three essential pillars for a successful transition to life in Portugal. Join us as we explore these key strategies for embracing expat life.
1: What's up, expats and travelers alike? Welcome back to Expats Everywhere Presents. Let's move to Portugal. This is season two, episode nine. I am Josh, joined by a young Joan Rivers.
0: <laughs> so, for those of you who are watching this, not just listening, I'm wearing sunglasses because I have double pink eye and my eyes have some goopy medicine on them right now. So, I'm wearing sunglasses because of that.
1: <laughs> are you sure it's double pink eye? Uh, I yeah. mean, your eyes are very red, but yeah. conjunctivitis.
0: Conjunctivitis, mm. yes. Fun stuff. So This
1: is eat. about as close as I want to be to, to Kaylee right now because I do not want uh, conjunctivitis.
0: Well, hopefully most of you are just listening and not watching anyway.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So as usual, we're going to give you kind of a weekly update and then get into the interview and uh, just have some fun with this. So Kaylee, apart from your eyes, how are you doing? <laughs>
0: I'm actually doing fine. I feel fine. Um, Just, uh, yeah, dealing with this eye thing, which is not pretty. But as far as things going on here, I think for me, one of the big fun things was December 1st on Friday. Yeah was the big Christmas, all the Christmas lights turn on in Porto. So they've been setting up, they've been up for like weeks and they set up and they test them and everything. But on December 1st is when the tree goes on and Aliados, and they had a concert and some fireworks and stuff. So yeah, now the lights are on for Christmas. So it's really more like Christmas around around Porto.
1: Yeah, it's a really interesting time of year actually because I think a lot of people think of Portugal as being this really warm weather place and, and that's certainly a draw to Portugal. But as the winter months set in, certainly, even in Lisbon, but, but further north, uh, things get a little colder. However, the winter atmosphere here is awesome. Yes. Like, I, I think it's it's so much fun to see all the decorations go up. It's certainly more decorations than, like, what my hometown did. Now, I would say this, like, we would be able to drive around neighborhoods in the States and be able to see people's Christmas decorations. Yeah, that's different. And, and here it's, like, the city does the decorations. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's nice. It's a very festive atmosphere. And it started, actually, about a week ago. Uh, we went to an event at Wow! And Matzinhos also had their lighting ceremony, but the city of Porto truly kicked it off on December first and it was it was awesome.
0: Yes. And people do put some like Christmas lights on their balconies and stuff like that. So they do a little of their own, but it's not like in the States. And then Gaia has their thing as well, so mm-hmm. they they light stuff up and they've got a little Christmas fair and everything. We went to Sahalvish over the weekend. They yeah. had a thing for mainly for kids Christmas activities. They it was had, the
1: day after. It was December second. Yeah. Yep. I posted something on Instagram. Um,
0: they yeah. had uh, mold like a mulled wine there, a like you were like you were talking about because it is cooler here. That's so a, I was actually speaking. We ran into a blue vine. Glühwein. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right for German. German. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we ran into one of our Portuguese friends while we were at Sahalvish, and he was asking us if it was a uh, tradition in the U.S. to have something like mulled wine. Because in Portugal, it's not a tradition. It's like a thing now for Christmas, but it's not a tradition. And I said, well, I grew up in Florida, and in Florida, we didn't have mulled wine. But probably because you don't drink anything hot like that really around Christmas. Starbucks. Well, yeah, coffee, but <laughs> but you know you don't have anything traditional like no. that. And I said, but I wasn't sure about like the whole U.S. I would think that it's not a it wasn't a, like a long standing tradition, but I think it's something you do now. I'm sure
1: I'm sure in German communities in the U.S. you've it, got it.
0: it. Yeah, it's been something that's been going on for yeah. a long time, but I yeah. think it's probably more popular now around. Uh, maybe northern cities that get cooler.
1: Absolutely. But it
0: wasn't something that always be. happens. It should it's be. It should be more popular. Yeah, it is. Now, our, f- th- our friend
1: did say it could be a bit sacrilege among <laughs> Portuguese people because why are you ruining wine?
0: Tainting wine. Yeah. The only thing I could think of that was like that was maybe thinking about eggnog for Thanksgiving. Oh, That's like a tradition. You know what I mean? Like it's
1: a, not hot. but No, oh, but a
0: traditional eggnog. drink that we would have that a lot of people in the States have done for a long time.
1: Yeah. You know? I would actually like to hear from the listener. Uh, is eggnog like? pineapple on pizza like is it a love hate thing because i love eggnog i know some people who who hate it yeah like hate it i Uh, love it and i can take it uh with or without whiskey or or rum
0: i I would prefer not to ruin it with whiskey (laughs) i know that sounds funny but like i love eggnog and so i'd rather just drink regular eggnog if i'm gonna have a drink i'd rather have a a side drink i don't want to put it in my eggnog so maybe i'm like the portuguese of uh Uh, In the U.S., I don't want to taint my eggnog.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So, what's happening this week, um, professionally? Honestly, like it's it's been kind of kind of chill. We had the Dave interview last week, and then this week we put out a video about what's the biggest mistake that you could make in Porto, and it's kind of a video that hits two audiences. It could hit the tourist, and it can hit the person moving here. I think it's more designed for the person that's moving here, but people are looking at it from a tourist lens.
0: Right. It could be either, yeah. Because
1: tourism and living here are very much intertwined. It's such a big part of the economy in Porto, but it's also a big part of like what makes uh, living down in some areas of the city, the city center, tricky.
0: Yes. Don't give it away.
1: I won't give it away. (laughs) But
0: but but this is a series we've talked about maybe adding a few more too. So – Listener, if you have an idea of like don't make a big mistake here or I want to know about this, then yeah. you can let us know. Go watch the video and put it in the comments because we did ask if you made a big mistake. So if you want to see and more on that series in a different location or on a different topic, let us know. and We can see if we can if we can touch on that.
1: Yep. And this week's interview, we talked to Dallas, who is a, uh, a stealthy, a stealthy digital nomad for the past five years or so. And he's noticed something that we've noticed as well. And it's kind of this uh, three prong or three legged stool, basically three things that you need to get right, especially before you move somewhere to make sure that you successfully migrate or integrate into your new home country.
0: Right, and this is something we've been chatting with him about for a while, because um, he's very passionate about it. He is. And uh, what's great, we've known Dallas for, for quite a while as well, and he has shown his support for us through advertising on the podcast, which has been been really, really nice and helpful. Um, but I think that he is, like I said, so passionate about these, and they make sense. Yeah. They're really important, and they're things that people don't, don't think about, but That's they're it. really important to get right before you move so that you have a successful move and a happy move, really. That's
1: it. Let me give a little context to to Dallas and kind of why he would be an expert at, at this topic. So Dallas started a business. Well, not only has he been living abroad, but Dallas also started a business, Lusitano Dreams. And what Lusitano Dreams does is they help provide housing for people that are looking to move abroad. And in that, he noticed that people were coming to him looking for housing, looking for housing contracts, and they were also wanting other kind of services to help facilitate their move. And in that, he's been talking to people uh, about their experience moving and, and once they arrive, settling in. So he's very much like ear to the ground on what's happening with people's transition.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he, he's in the know. He knows what people are asking, what people need and things that people need to prepare for because of clients he works with and people that he works with. So so he's got a lot of knowledge about the topic.
1: And, and not to like cut an advertisement i don't want to do that at all right here but uh, <laughs> dallas does have some great places to stay in i don't know what his availabilities are right now well, i don't know if busy, he's fully yeah. booked or not but um kaylee and i have stayed in his apartments and they're pretty great right they're so when fully we were eclipsed. in
0: when we were in lisbon in august for a meetup we stayed in one of them and very nice, completely renovated, a good location. I like that the locations aren't touristy. They're in like a real livable type location. So place it you want to land that's comfortable, maybe a little more local, but you want to land because it's near a grocery store and some cafes and it's not right down in the touristy areas, which I think is really important. Um So yeah, it was a really comfortable stay, Very easy. So thanks, Dallas. <laughs> yes.
1: Thank you, Dallas. And I guess that's it. We need to to kind of get to hearing about this three-legged stool.
0: So, yep, so that you all listeners can prepare to see what they have to say.
1: Let's go. Worldpost.io is powered by Anytime Mailbox, which means you can get your mail anytime, anywhere, even on your smartphone.
0: And they really have competitive pricing with their lowest package starting at $5 per month.
1: Here's a cool feature they have. Worldpost can relay things from the US to Europe. So that includes... documents. (laughs)
0: Amazon purchases. Amazon purchases
1: (laughs) and you can get it to Portugal.
0: And they have a variety of packages. Some include secure shredding, free junk mail filters and things like that.
1: I bet you love that junk mail filter.
0: Oh, lots of junk mail. I sign up for a lot of newsletters.
1: (laughs) She's not joking. So if you're interested in worldpost.io, you can visit the website or check the link in the show notes below.
0: Okay, let's talk about Lusitano Dreams because what they're offering is really great.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. And Dallas actually has grown Lusitano Dreams since we first met him. So he's really getting his process dialed in. The thing that I like about it is it removes the barrier and, and choke point of the proof of accommodation because that's been one of the biggest things that the D7 and the D8 for the, like the long-term people have had problems with, right?
0: Yeah, it's definitely something that is really hard to lock yourself into sight unseen. But here you can have a legitimate contract. You can rest assured that it's going to be a soft landing because you're coming into a furnished place in a good location and a livable location until you can kind of get your bearings and figure out where you really want to live.
1: And the cool thing about it is that they can start your lease when you arrive. So you're not like burning a few months of of cash essentially paying for an apartment or paying for a lease that you're not using.
0: Yeah, that's one that's really hard to negotiate trying to get a lease that starts when you want to arrive and not when you are actually applying. So the fact that they offer that as a service to where you're not, like you said, burning those months saves you a lot of money.
1: Yep. Lusitano Dreams offers visa-friendly proof of accommodation. So that could be for the D7 visa or the D8 visa. And their properties include detached houses, apartments, room rentals as well in different locations like Lisbon, Cascais, Lule And they're expanding too. So uh, soon to be Porto and quite possibly Silver Coast.
0: Yeah, which is really exciting.
1: So check out Lusitano Dreams for more information. We have a link in the show notes below. Dallas, I'm looking forward to jumping into this as we're going to talk about the three pillars to successfully transitioning or living internationally, if you will. Uh, okay, let's get this out of the way. So your name is David, but you go by Dallas.
2: I go by Dallas and that was inspired, um, in my, my teen years. Uh, two of my books that I love to read and inspire me were, um, Dallas Winston from The Outsiders and Winston Smith from 1984. So I go
1: by Dallas. Nice. What a throwback. I haven't thought about The Outsiders in forever. (laughs) Nice. Okay. So you you moved to Portugal and you did it at a time when maybe uh, Portugal was less popular uh, among people Mm -hmm. um, to move to back in 2016. Can you tell us what that process was like and kind of why you chose Portugal?
2: It was totally happenstance. Um, my sister's exchange student. She had many exchange students. She had an exchange student named Vasco, and was I was getting to know him, and I ended up turning into his kind of like funcle, his fake uncle, fun uncle, and um, we we would h- hang out quite a bit. And you know, when we first met, I said, "Okay, so where are you from?" And he said, "I'm from Lisbon," and I'm like, "Lisbon? Yeah. Where that? Where's Lisbon?" I said, "Is that a country? Is that like is that, what is it? Where's that?" And she, he says, "That's in Portugal." I said, "Oh, Spain." And you got to really be careful. I always thought that was funny. I thought that was funny to say that to Portuguese people, but they actually find it insulting. And I'm laughing at myself of being ignorant. But so that's how I learned a little bit about Portugal and Lisbon. And then we did the Google Maps and he educated me. And he said, hey, if you're ever in Europe, come on down. You're welcome. Our home is your home. And so I was traveling through Europe and I just spun
1: down to, zip down to Portugal and fell in love with it. Nice. And that was 2016, right? Mm
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, what was correct.
1: the process as you as, as you started <laughs> to move towards residency? Because you did it in a, a pretty unconventional way, especially at the time. Correct. I I'm kind of a rule breaker, and I kind of bend the rules a little bit. And um, I
2: did everything from Portugal. I pretty much once I was there for a week in my first visit, I'm like, okay, this is my next home, yeah. and I went back to this to the states. I started um, uh, closing shop and getting fired from my job, and then um, started transitioning and moving over to Portugal. So I did it pretty quick and pretty fast. And I have been in this unintended transformative process of of minimizing and 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 shutting stuff down. And just I knew something in my life as I was getting into my 50s and looking at my sucky career and and everything else. I just I knew something had to change and was going to change. And that was part of my my journey through uh, through Europe and in 2016. And I knew something was happening. Something was going to change, and that that finally was just like the aha moment. Okay, this is it. I'm moving to Portugal. Um, you know, and I knew very little bit about Portugal before I did it. I did it before. In my opinion, it was really cool to do it. So, <laughs> <laughs> still cool to do it. So, yeah, well, no, I'm sorry. Before it was yes, it, yes. It, it, yes, it, it was. Be, I did it before. It was cool to do it. That's, I it. guess, what I'm saying. <laughs> got it.
1: Yes. Okay. So, what was happening in in the states at the time when you decided to make the move? Like, what was what was going on, kind of internally and externally? You know, that was way before COVID and stuff. Really, not a whole lot. What I realized
2: is, for me, um, I was really getting stuck with, you know, being a creator and being innovative in the states. I felt like um, it was it was harder for me to do that. And, and, and to, to build something. Without a mm-hmm. lot of regulations and limitations, and yes. banking, and there were so many things that were, were just, and that was part of the reason why I also, you know, changed my residency to South Dakota. I was in a state where it was very oppressive for small mm. businesses and regulations and taxes and 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 so forth. And so I'm, and then that's when I moved my residency to South Dakota to to open up my options. That's even before I was knew I was going to be going uh, international. So okay. I think that's part. Of but, but really i the parts of the country in america that i really was falling in love with like like southern california i had spent some time there and i didn't live there but i spent uh, some time there and um i was like i could really love to li- i would love to live here but i knew i couldn't afford it i it mm-hmm. was out of it was i was too late to the party for southern right. california and so i knew i couldn't live there and then when i visited portugal i'm like this checks off the bo- all the boxes I, it's like southern california it's like san diego you know it's like north county um uh, at at a quarter fraction of the price you know so it's like
1: this is my new home (laughs) nice okay so you started your residency process in 2017 (sighs) but you're not uh you're not a citizen yet so you haven't you've you've lived in portugal for five years yeah Yeah. Well, what's, what's happened in there? I had a couple false starts, um, just meeting time. I'm not much of a,
2: at the time I wasn't much of a taskmaster and it was a little too overwhelming for me to, to check off all the boxes. And at the same time I was, um, what's called a stealth digital nomad. I was working full time for a, you know, in the U S remote, um, Under the radar, and so that takes a lot of your time. And I would start the process, and I'd miss a deadline, or you know, some of the documents would expire. I wouldn't get an appointment at the the time. So it took a couple false starts to finally get the process going and moving. And then I also had to build some connections at the consulate in uh, DC. That this was back before VFS, when you could actually have a conversation with a person, right, uh, in the consulate. And so they helped me power. yeah. Right. based A decision maker. Exact, yeah. exact <laughs> And so, um, it took a little while to do that. And I finally just said, I got to do this. I, I have to get this done. It's just, it's going to take too long. So, okay. um, I just then finally worked through the the tasks and, and got it done.
1: Okay. Fantastic. All right. Uh, let's jump into this, this three-legged stool, if you will, for someone to successfully move uh, internationally and, and live internationally
2: yeah yeah so th- first of all i didn't invent this three legged stool i 'm paraphrasing from other you know kind of health and wellness coaches and guides and stuff like that and in other philosophies typically in fitness and in health and well being they talk about the three legged stool and yep. and if one of those legs are are missing you know you're going to fall over or if one's mm-hmm. shorter than the other ones you're going to wobble or if one's longer mm-hmm. than the others you know you're going to wobble and possibly fall over so that's really um you know how I kind of fit this into the three legged stool because it fits to the three primary pillars that I have found in working with clients and from my own experiences and friends, international friends, that are really important uh, for yep. moving international.
1: Let's talk about them. What's the first okay. one?
2: Okay, the first one, and this is almost under the same realm of, of um, when you are, um, you're stranded on a, on a deserted island or something like that. What are the three things that you need to focus on? Mm-hmm. You know, your priorities are going to be shelter, water, and food. And yeah. these kind of fit in li- line with this, like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It
1: is, it, yeah. it re-
2: really is, yeah. uh, and and so that this, so to, in my opinion, the first is financial awareness and tech, being technical savvy with your finances. Okay, um, it's really important to understand your banking, understand how to move money quickly and efficiently, and what's really important is. You have to have multiple paths and sources and of senders and receivers for your money. You can't just have one tried and true way you do things and then count on that all the time. And my son was, uh, is a recon in the Marines, and he um, fought in Helmand Province um, in Afghanistan. And he taught me two is one, one is none. Mm. Uh, they were out in the field um, of the of the whatever six seven eight nine months he was there. They were out in the field ninety five percent of the time. They had to carry on their back everything, and um, he said two is one, one is none. If you only have one of something, when that breaks, you have nothing. So if you have one path, if you have one big bank you work with, if you mm-hmm. have one path of moving your money around, and that fails, and it's and Murphy's law is going to kick in. It's going to fail when you need it the most. Sure. You're you're dead. You're dead in the water. So I think that's really important um, to understand the multiple paths and, and learning how to set them up, building relationships with other banks and um, having resources available. So if one of those paths gets blocked or locked out, uh, you have you have other options. You're not freaking
1: out. I okay. I totally agree with that. I mean, I actually just had this happen in the past 24 hours. So I've got mm-hmm. like a little story to tell a little story time. Mm-hmm. So my sister uh, wants to visit London and Kaylee and I have a, a friend that's in London that we actually just stayed with. And when our friend isn't in London, she typically rents her place out on Airbnb. Well, to kind of go off platform, um, I, I asked her if it would be okay if my little sister stayed there and she could, you know, pay whatever the fee is. Well, anyways, they were having a difficulty because they were off platform paying, right? So I, I asked my friend, like, is it okay if my little sister transfers you money? But my little sister doesn't know how to do an international transfer, right? Then it's a matter of, uh, well, okay, my friend has a, an American bank account because she's British American. So it's like, okay. But my little sister still doesn't know. She's 22. She's never done a transfer. She's only Venmoed. She's that age yep. group that knows how to Venmo, doesn't even know what Zelle is, although Zelle <laughs> is, is growing in popularity in the States. So it, it got to a point where I went back to our, our British American friend and I said, do you have Zelle? She's like, well, I have a Bank of America account. I said, great. They have Zelle. So she goes to log in to set up her Zelle account after Kaylee and I do a test transfer of a dollar, which she wasn't able to receive it because she doesn't have an account yet. <laughs> and and we go through this process of helping her try to set this up. And she's she's really struggling with the tech side of it. And it's, it's frustrating her, I can tell. So I just said to her, how about um, I wise you some money. So using like transferring on wise it used to be called transfer wise. It was like, how about I send you the money the same way we did before when, uh, when we needed to transfer her money. And she said, uh, that would be great. Like, please save me the trouble. She doesn't use Venmo doesn't have Zelle. So in the end, like I had my, my little sister Venmo me money, which I can put into my American bank account. So she sent me USD and then I had to ask my friend, do you want this in, in pounds or euros? What like what works better for you? Cause she hasn't opened up a USD wallet. So <laughs> it was this whole mess where we ended up using three different platforms and three different currencies, but without, without having the use of, of that, of the different types of financial institutions, we might not have gotten this done in 24 hours. It might've taken longer. Yep. So, a bit a bit of a mess, but I totally agree with you. I think being able to have multiple avenues of of transferring money, especially when you're living abroad, is so darn important. It is. It is
2: your lifeline. Your access to your funds, your money, is your lifeline. And if that gets blocked, and if if you've got um, if you can't get into your Chase account, I call it Chase me away. (laughs) And um and you call technical support or support, and you're talking to uh, Susan in the Philippines, and you're talking to Robert in India, and they can't help you because they're telling you your 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 account has been flagged for fraud. You to go to you know you need to go to the nearest branch. Mm -hmm and present identification to open your account and you're explaining to them up and down and they don't care and they can't help you because they just got this script, Yep, you're screwed. You are absolutely, you you are dead in the
1: water. And I'm telling you, it happened to me and it's happened to several other people I know. It happened to a friend of ours in Singapore. He was locked out of his account for 18 months because Singapore is a long way away from the US and (laughs) and he couldn't get back to a local branch to provide that ID. There was nothing he could do. No, and they don't care.
2: I mean, for for good reason, but at the same time, so yeah, so that's very important. But but I think I I jumped a little bit ahead of the gun, um, maybe a little bit on the on the priority of the order. And really, I think financial awareness is is really important. And really Mm. understand you don't need to move international. You know, be in a multi. You know, having five million dollars in the bank or whatever, you can be at any. You know in you know any resource level of financial status, you just need to understand what you have and what your limitations are or what yeah. you know what you can budget, and you need a you need an expert to help you, a financial expert that can help you and don't be intimidated by oh I'm going to have to pay thousands of dollars for this and but no you can have it done for hundreds of dollars, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. and you know talk to a, a, a you know a financial expert or a financial planner just say okay when i hit my my social security what am i at what is my what is my medicare going to cost me what is this what about this 401k how is this best applied to you know pay this out and blah 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 and someone like you know uh, green ocean they you know the great resource for people especially in portugal because you know um, the, the, the re- you know, john knows who he lives here mm-hmm. well there i'm not there right now but he so he yeah, understands he in the, ins and, yeah he, he understands yeah. the ins and outs and, and the challenges of you know what you need for a deposit on a you know on a house or what you what what kind of you know free income do you need you know readily accessible to to you know, secure housing and stuff, which is going to be one of the other steps, but Mm -hmm. other pillars. But yeah, so it's very important to understand and really grasp it. You think you may have an idea, you have a general idea, and you may not know, you know, in the next five, 10 years, you know, as you know, you get to a retirement age or whatever, what you have, and it's really important to understand what you can afford and where you want to be. Um, I had a client, um, uh, Alice, she was Absolutely awesome. And she said to me when, when she was in Lisbon, um, kind of deciding she was on a scouting trip and she said, you know, she was talking about, you know, her financial status and when she, you know, she's coming to retirement age and she's planning. And she said to me, she goes, if only I knew what year I was going to die, I would know how much money I could spend. (laughs) Right. (laughs) <laughs> and those are some critical questions you need to understand and know. You know, you know what what's your burn rate on on you know your your finances. So yeah, so those are very important.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think what you brought up and what I heard is kind of the the pre planning. Uh, needed in this, this financial awareness component. So it's not just about arriving here and, and knowing Absolutely. how the systems work, but there's a little bit of prep work that, that can be done that'll help set you up for success before you yes. arrive. If you do that kind of pre-planning, um, yeah, you won't be yep. blindsided with something that you hadn't considered financially. That- yes and and you know when I do consultations with clients um I, I ask
2: i ask every one of them like especially you know when when they're in their fifties and sixties like what what is your financial you know do you have a financial plan do you understand your financial you know well being and they'll typically say, yeah, I got a financial manager, a financial planner here, you know, in, in my home state or my home city, but they're not international. They may yep. be, you really need to have an inner someone that understands international, someone who understands, you know, someone like, you know, a, a, a green ocean or some of your other, I, I've talked to some of your, your other um resources that you guys have on your website as well. And you really need to understand people that have the big picture, that know the big picture.
1: Yeah. Yep. Generally, knowing the big picture comes with experience. Exactly, uh, Living the big picture, which yep. John does. Yes. Um, our tax, the U.S. tax guy, Stephen does. Yes. Uh, cool. Yep. So we talked about um, multiple accounts, pathways for for transfers, for, for moving mm-hmm. money around. Mm-hmm. Um, w- what else kind of in this realm? What about like uh, authentication apps yeah. or, oh, or OTPs? Look- because that's a major oh, headache. Huge. Yeah, yes. And w- it, you, there's not many banks that offer
2: the the two uh, two factor authentication apps, but if you can find one, use it, because yeah. if you're relying on an SMS from a US number, um, you're really going to be eliminated. You got to do a lot of planning, and typically, what happens, um, Josh, people do their 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 uh, US phone number strategy like a week before they move. They should be doing that at least three months before they move. They need to move things over to Google Voice or whatever they plan. They need to start testing it and validating it. What works. Yeah. What doesn't work, and come up with a mitigation plan. People are like, oh, I just, you know, especially Americans, we're so focused on this one number we've had since my first, you know, cell phone in 1997. Yep. And and it's like to give up. It's hard it, to it, give up. It is, and to move it over to and trust in Google Voice and say, well, how are you going to people going to call me on my phone if it's in Google Voice? We'll get used to. You're going to have to get used to people calling you on Google Voice when you're in Portugal or wherever. You might as well do it now. Do it mm-hmm. now to get the kinks out of it before you move because I can't tell you how many clients I have that move and then they change over to Google voice and it says, oh, we need to authenticate your, your real number to your real phone, but you can't because you're international <laughs> and they lose their number.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember the first time Kaylee and I, well, I, I guess it wasn't Kaylee, but when Kaylee and I moved abroad, I remember the first time giving up my, my number mm-hmm. and, uh, it was, it was hard at first and a little scary. I mean, and I was mm-hmm. only, you know, my mid twenties, so I didn't have that many contacts or that many people that, that knew the number. So I can only imagine someone in their, their fifties and sixties yeah. doing that. Um, yeah. I feel for yeah. people. However, I will say it wasn't that bad. Like yeah. I, I thought that I would just become disconnected from everyone. And this was really a time before, before Facebook was, mm-hmm. was what it is now. Um, but you know, Facebook is how I've reconnected with plenty of people. For better or worse, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. So, so you also talk about this component of like knowing your banker. Why do you find oh, that to be important? Huge, so huge. So we,
2: yeah. Sorry to cut you off, Josh, but you're that's fine. really that's near and dear to my heart. Um, know your banker, and you can know your banker even like if you're with Chase me away, or with uh, if you're with um, um, oh now I have another nicknames for the big banks. You can always Bank go to of a America. branch. Yeah, but I don't have a good name nickname for them because actually, okay. Bank America is not bad. They actually do pretty good with the international folks. And but uh, with with Chase me away, um, uh, they you know go to your branch. If you really insist on not having them in your portfolio, that's fine. Um, but go to your local branch and get to know a manager. Mm. and tell them your story tell them you're going to start traveling and spending don't maybe don't say you're moving to portugal say you're Mm. say you're spending you're you're going to be spending summers in portugal and you know if you have any problems with your banking can i call you and and share your story and people love to live vicariously through us international adventurers they love it Mm. and you get to get a name and an email and a phone number so when you have a problem And, and, uh, Robert in the Philippines or Susan in India can't help you. Then you call that person and they'll, they'll probably be able to to cut through all the riffraff and help you out. But really I prefer regional and community banks. Um, I support local banking. And there's been a little bit of upset with that, you know, in earlier this year with with the banking crisis on on middle mid sized banks. Yes, Uh, but I I really believe in in getting to supporting local banking, and supporting you know it can even be regional banking and also credit unions, big big big, and get you know building relationships with people and be able to call you know actually call Susan in, in support and she can look up your account and she can say, Oh yeah, no problem. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I got it. You're taken care of, you know,
1: (laughs) we have a mortgage with a, with a, um, a small bank, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. A a local bank, uh, for one of the rental properties that we have. And Mm -hmm. Kaylee absolutely loves it. And it's funny because the tech that the company uses is Mm -hmm. as good, if not better than the tech that any of the big companies use. Yep. And uh, the two factor authentication allows for emails as opposed to phone numbers. Yep. yep. So like we can always get logged in as opposed to having to send a code to my sister or mm-hmm. Kaylee's mom so that we can access <laughs> our, our bank accounts, which by the way, for the listener, those are possible hacks. If you don't yes. mind using family members, Yep. uh, it's not the most convenient, but, uh, it, it works. Mm hmm. As long yep. as, as long as you're asking for that code at a waking hour, yeah, that's the challenge, <laughs> you know, cause there, there is going to be a five to what, seven, eight <laughs> hour time difference depending on the time of year. Yeah. 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 Okay. So you talked about the, the local and regional banking and, mm-hmm. and that's for the U S but I'm wondering, what do you recommend for people that are coming to Portugal oh, and learning things like multibanco or MBA? Yeah, that's a big one too. Cause so many, People that are moving to
2: Portugal, they they're stuck in this. Oh, I need to maximize my Charles Schwab with my you know zero fees and my my great um, conversion. And so they yeah. they start they do everything on their Charles Schwab card, which when you're in the touristic areas is fine. They'll accept yep. it, but once you get out of the tourist areas, let's say you meet some locals or some you know some people in the international community, and you're, they're going to bring you to a to a you know a local place that nobody knows about and they're going to yeah. show you an amazing Portuguese meal and you say to them, Hey, don't worry about it. I got this. Thank you so much. And You pull out that Charles Schwab card. You will get the stink eye from, <laughs> from the restaurant owner and they'll roll their eyes and they'll say, tourists, get out of here, you know, <laughs> locals only. <laughs> and then you'll feel all stupid and silly. And you're like, Oh my geez, I think I got my, my debit card for Novo bank, but I've never used it. It's at home. I don't even know how to use it or what to do with it.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I think the same exists for uh, for American Express. I mean, I, I know yes. American Express has has a great point system. Kaylee and I use it yep. when we can, mainly for larger purchases. Right. There are a lot of places that don't accept American Express, no. so yeah. uh, you have to be prepared for that and use you know a debit card uh, that that's either tied to Mastercard or Visa.
2: Yeah, and and in many places, Josh, they won't even accept if it's not a, a Portugal bank
1: a account, a Portuguese bank, a yeah, Portuguese right. bank That's account. Right. The they systems are different.
2: Yep, and then they have less uh, conversion or less fees, fees associated when you use it, especially if you're using it as a debit and and, and so forth. And and some places are using MB way more the yeah. soft purchase. Yes, and and I think really it's important because you know you're going to start paying your your bills, your utility bills and stuff. On your online banking and you can just, mm-hmm. we, you know, people are like, oh, I got to go down to the so-and-so, the citizen store, and I got to pay my my, my gas bill and the line's long. I'm like, no, go to online banking. You can do it in like three seconds and it's the same process for every bill. That's what I love about banking in Portugal. Mm. Banking in Portugal is like light years ahead of the U.S., light years. Mm. And be able to go in there and, and and or go into your online banking and pay any bill, pay any person with just their EBON number. You, it's really important for people to understand and learn that. Until Don't wait until you need it because then you're going to be muddling and you're going to be frustrated and you're going to be stressed. Start doing it right
1: away. Totally agree. Okay. So have we taken care of, of kind of the first leg, which is so. financial awareness? I kind think of so. Tech savvy? Yes. Okay. Yes, let's move yes, on yes. to the second
2: one. Okay. Stable housing. My, this is my specialty. Your in my, wheelhouse. My wheelhouse. Yeah. So I talk to so many people, Josh, that they don't have stable housing. They don't have a long-term plan, a secure, maybe the right word would be secure housing you know, they, they, they have a hard time locking into a lease or it's maybe I have one situation where it's more of a friend than a client. I call them a flyant, um, (laughs) where they, you know, they got a lease in a place and it was hard to get a lease in the area that they were looking to, to live. And they've got a lease in a place and it was kind of like an off market lease, kind of a a gray market lease where it was like, I'll tell you what, you can live here, uh, without finances, uh, for X amount of month, but for two weeks in July, my family comes into town and you need to move up and they're like, Hey, no problem. We'll go to the Algarve. We'll do our, we'll do our vacations during those two weeks. Well, now that two weeks has turned into two months, oh, you know? And so it's like when you don't have secure housing and how it can really um, change and affect, you know, how, you know, you are going to, some people are, can, some people fly like me, fly by the seat of their pants, but there's a lot of people, they, they need that stability of a sure. place that they call home. Sure, and and it is harder and harder. And people I see so often, Josh, uh, people on a on a you know on a limited budget, or a, you know whether they don't have the money or or don't want to spend the money, come yep. to Portugal and they're like, oh, I'm just going to Airbnb it. You know, I I went on Airbnb and I searched, did a couple searches, and I, I get a place thirty dollars a night, no problem, thirty year one night, no problem. And they don't go through the whole process, nor do they go check out the the Airbnb prices during the peak times so they right. come here thinking they're gonna spend 30 euro a night with their dog and then they start really locking into me, like oh my gosh i'm paying 60 70 80 a night and uh fees for a dog and res- and cleaning fees and blah 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 blah. and they're like i can't afford this i can't right. i can't afford to do or i can't you know living with somebody uh, with a flatmate and sharing a bathroom is driving me crazy
1: you know i i can't right. do this <laughs> we noticed a lot of that happening when we first moved um Cause we moved during, during the pandemic. So Mm -hmm. like 2020, 2021, the prices on Airbnb, because tourism was so low and, and, you know, Airbnb is a platform where people take advantage of dynamic pricing. So when it's low season, the prices drop when it's high season, the prices balloon. And, and people, I think started to get comfortable with low prices. You know, you could Airbnb a place for, for, you know, 20, 30 a night. Right. And then everything changed and now it's you know 100 euros 150 euros for the same exact place yep yeah it's it's great that's I mean, right I, I do and i see like <laughs> in the azores i see
2: places in the summer going 100 a night you can't find anything under 100 a night yeah and it's just it's like what <laughs>
1: yeah yeah
2: yeah and, and may people maybe do their analysis early in the game and they're like oh pff, this is easy this is affordable and then they don't check again and then then they're 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 firming up their trip and they start checking and they're like, um, oh, I got a problem here. This is going to be really
1: expensive. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, it's definitely uh, growing in expense for for places like Lisbon and Porto that have become much more popular for people to live, not just yeah. foreigners, but for for locals as well, wanting to be in the cities where there's opportunities. People can still go out to the more rural areas to yes. find, you know, places for rents um, that are really cheap, uh, by American standards. But in general, those aren't the places people want to end up, right? Because they, they end up isolated. They do. And, And we'll, we'll,
2: we'll, we'll get to that in, in the third pillar about isolation and building community. But you're right. People, do they end up doing that? And they they think, well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna move into you know a, an isolated area, or maybe I'm gonna move to the Silver Coast on a smaller village, out, just outside of the, the popular areas, mm. and get a much lower rent price. But then they're they're dealing with isolation and not building community. You
1: know, it's a challenge yeah.
2: for for most. Some are like yeah. it. Some are like, hey, I don't like people. You know, I want to be alone or I want to just
1: know yourself, right? You have to know yourself, your, your type of personality. So a part of stable housing, would you also consider like the quality of construction part of that, Uh. (laughs) like in terms of uh, heating and cooling and, and the electrical grade, because sometimes you can have your kettle on and your microwave on, and then your power goes out.
2: I have a property like that and I have to I have it's an education process every time a, a new client comes into there where you, you can't take after you take a shower you can't turn on the uh, the stove and the microwave at the same time and heat the water or reheat the water because it's you're going to blow a breaker and this is a newer apartment so yes it, that is a big part of it and I think the biggest thing is air conditioning in Lisbon I, okay. I can't speak for Porto. I think you're probably okay up in Porto. People who say, ah, my, my landlord says I don't need air conditioning. I asked about it, but said, she said nobody, nobody has air conditioning in Lisbon. I guarantee as an international, you will have a, a few weeks that will feel like a few months of miserable living if you don't have air conditioning. And the biggest thing is it, it's not necessarily the temperature of the air, but it is, it is the freshness. The yes. staleness of the air, be able to turn on an air conditioner and just you know, freshen up the air for a little while it makes a huge, huge difference. And I, I tell everybody that asks my opinion, and most often when they don't ask my opinion, I tell them, you need air conditioning. You need air conditioning if you're in Lisbon. Especially if you're away from the Tagish, if you're away from the ocean, you need, you should have air conditioning, especially at the prices that internationals are paying for their rent. And, and you really need to look at a, at a, a unit that has air conditioning.
1: Nice. Okay. So we've talked about financial awareness as pillar mm-hmm. one and pillar two being stable housing. Anything else about that before you go on yeah. to the third?
2: If we have time, I'd like to talk a little sure. bit about really important about idealishta and, okay. and building relationships with people and stuff. So too many people get hung up on idealista being their holy grail for okay. finding problems. And that is the worst strategy. That's like you know your buddy or your family member who's uh, between jobs for eight months, and they complain because every day they spend three hours filling out online applications, but nobody ever calls them back. Um, and then you ask them, like, "Well, do, do 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 you go volunteer? You know, with your with your professional expertise, do you do you share your expertise in, in a volunteer? Do you go network with people? Do you go meet with hiring managers? Do do you network with your your ex, you know, uh, um, uh, colleagues? Do, you know, do you do any? No, I don't do. I just go online, and, and that's the same with I One dimensional. Yes, and hmm. you really, um, you're you're dealing with hundreds, if not thousands, of applicants." And, and all of them are flakes that, that, you know, I want to, I want to view your listing. 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 And most of these property owners, they, they look at 1% of them, maybe 10% of them because there's so many and they're all the same generic request. And they're like, no, I'm, I'll, I'll reach out to this person. They'll never contact me back. So, you know, forget that. So really idealist is a tool to understand the market, what's in demand, you know what's out there what are the prices what's what's yeah. going on with the prices maybe you can reach out to a couple but be very personal build build a good profile include a picture include a little story in your inquiry don't do the automated requests nobody looks at those cuz they get hundreds of them but really what you need to do is build relationships with both internationals and locals in your communities and the best strategy i tell people is your house your accommodations will find you because some you build relationships with people, you go to the networking events, you go to the Facebook group events, you are you know open and and, and and friendly, and you're building relationships with people, you are helping other people when you don't need something in return you know you're not being transactional and someone's going to say, "Hey, my neighbor, the owner of my, the building and my they're renovating an apartment and it's going to be ready in two months. Um, do you want to take a look at it and the best strategy you can have is to find a place before it goes on idealistic, before it goes on the market. And I guarantee you, if you do, if you work hard and you, you do your, you know, if you put some effort into it, you will find the perfect place at a lower price because it's off the market and Mm -hmm. you're dealing directly with the owner before they put it on the market. You're not dealing with an agent, you know, something like that. Nice.
1: Great advice. Love it. Yeah. Yeah, Love it. Pillar three.
2: Pillar three, health and wellness. This is a huge one. This, this is. Encompasses many things. Sure. It's not just our physical health, but wellness can also be, you know, our our emotional and our mental health. And and I think our, you know, those are all connected. Our emotional, our mental health definitely could, uh, relates to and impacts our our physical health. Um, we really need to have a strong body, mind, and spirit, and that and, and to have that comes in many ways. Of course, the first and the most important is our physical health. Understanding the healthcare system in Portugal can be just. In any in, I, I imagine in other countries, in developing countries, it's even worse to 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 master that or to learn it and and you know to dip your toe in that process. But understanding your healthcare system and, and the private system and the public and how to leverage both of them and how to use them, get your all your ducks in a row, build your relationships with your, your healthcare professionals before you need them, that is very, very important. And that's why I also recommend Serenity Health. They are a lifeline for people. Going abroad. And I can, I mean, when, it, when you get a, a healthcare policy, a private healthcare policy in Portugal, I don't know if everybody knows this, but you, it includes, most of them include a, I can I would maybe a biannual every two year full checkup.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: having a, even if you go to like i go english speaking they're very strong with english speaking but still you get professionals in there that don't speak well enough english that if there's a problem not a problem with your help but a problem with the process you there's you're just muddling and you're you're struggling to to communicate with them but when you if you have a, a, a i highly advise anybody that's going in their 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 biannual Bring a Portuguese native Portuguese speaking person with you. I don't care if it costs twenty five bucks an hour, twenty five euro an hour. It is worth you the weight in gold. And Serenity also in certain areas provides that service. I had problems getting my my echo for my heart done. Um, Just a routine procedure, and it was all muddled up. And having someone there to explain to the The uh, care, the caregiver, and the Mm. professional is actually a doctor that was doing it. It, it, it was just, it was a lifesaver, and I'm telling you, people, I really encourage you at least for your. Your first or second biannual, two and four years, have someone with you to, to, cause you're going to be going around. It's almost, you go through this whole process. It's very impressive. You go from this area to this area, you get your blood work done. You get this echo done. You get an x-ray done. You get it. you know, you're, you're getting all these procedures done in one or two days. Yeah. So anyway,
1: yeah. Nice. Uh, Yeah. I'm going to put the, uh the different links in our show notes for the, the people that you've shouted out because mm-hmm. we've talked about green ocean global, we've talked about serenity, Portugal, um, other ones are going to pop to mind and I'll make sure that those go down in the show notes or the description section, depending on what platform, uh, you're listening to this on or watching it on so that people can, uh, can check it out. Um, okay. So totally agree. I mean, I think that Portugal does an amazing job at preventative care. Uh, Mm I wish other places uh, did as much as well. I mean, we get messages like once a year saying, "Okay, we've scheduled your your annual checkup. So it's like you don't even have to schedule it. You've you've already registered with your center of health Mm -hmm. and then they ping you and let you know when they want to see you. Yep. Yep. Obviously, yeah. if something you know more urgent pops up, or you're not feeling well, then you can re- reach out to either your center of health or go mm-hmm. to a hospital, and you'll be seen as well. But the fact that they they do have this eye on preventative care um, is awesome. It I, is. I personally do not like calling up a doctor and making an appointment. Like, no. Yeah.
2: I'm, I'm with yeah. I'm a. i am I think most guy guys well. are like yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. And my strategy I've changed it recently this year. Um, I usually go to the Deluge Clinic. You know the okay. outpatient clinic for yep. like what primary care, and um and they they're good, but it's always to get an appointment they're way out. You know a couple mm. weeks out, and and you go in there and they're very stressed for time. I found it, a local clinic, young doctor speaks English very well, and I do all my basic you know primary care through him, and it's awesome. And then if anything of complexity or procedures he thinks I need, then I go to Deluge. He writes me a, a prescription and then I'll, I'll go to Deluge for that. Nice. I think that's, And that's great. That's back to building community and building relationships. You can find these doctors, these, these you know, healthcare professionals in these smaller independent clinics that will actually take time to work with
1: you and, and be flexible yeah.
2: and, and really learn who you are.
1: Yeah. I mean, as an American, it's like night and day, like comparing, comparing the interactions that we have with healthcare professionals Mm -hmm. on average in the States compared to, you know, what it's like here in Portugal. It's, it's pretty wild. It is, it is in a a positive way on the Portugal side. I agree completely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's the, the health components of, or the the medical health Mm -hmm. components of, of this. What about some other things like community, uh, friends? Yeah. What do you think?
2: That's Huge one. Um, I struggled for the longest time building my community in Portugal, and part of it was I was in a part I was in between uh, Lisbon and Cascais in more of a Portuguese community, and so I, there wasn't it wasn't in very much of an international community. So I had to travel, even if it was going into Lisbon or let's say Quescais, um to for international community and, and building building friendships, and. Um, it, it, so, it's always a challenge to go into those areas, you know, when you're, when you're, when it's an hour or two process to get there. And once I met one person international, and then that just kind of, there's just this like, I don't know what you'd call it, this effect where then you meet their friends and then their friends and then all it of mushrooms. A sudden, it mushrooms. Yeah. And I'm telling you, when that happened, it completely changed my perspective, my happiness, my just having a a community of, of, I call peeps, you know, having your peeps that you can do things with and that are, you know, like-minded. They're, they're intentional. They, they contact you. They're just not your face, fake Facebook friends. They're people that want to know how you're doing, you know, and, and check in with you and you're going meeting for coffee and, you know, you're going having dinner and you're meeting in groups or you're going to the, the Facebook groups as a group, you know, and I'm telling you that is just, for me, it really, truly, and I, I don't use this word lightly, it was trans- transformative to, to be able to finally build my community. I really thought there was something wrong with me. I'm like, oh, am yeah. I that socially yeah. inept? And I mean, Josh, it would be where I, I'd be at the market and I would hear someone speak like British English. And i be like, mm. what? what, 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 who was it? Who, where'd they go? And I would follow them. And I, I think they were worried. I was stalking them. I'm like, please <laughs> be my friend. Can I talk to you?
1: <laughs> oh, you that was epic.
2: Yeah, and and even these, and, and to, to emphasize this more, you know, back to the housing, people who either they're limited because they bring, you know, dogs, pets with them, or they're limited on budget, or maybe a combination of both, they can't be in their ideal location that they want to be, where it's more international-centric, they end up in the rural parts of, of a city, and they come into these Facebook events, and they they just... They just like talk, 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 talk. They're like, oh my gosh, I have people to talk to. And it's like the event the is coming to end. And they're like, please don't leave me. I don't want to go back yet. <laughs> I want to still talk to you. You yeah. know, and it's, and it's, and it happens all the time. And and we actually, like my group of my friends, we've, we've actually been learning how to find these people and, and invite them then into our circle, reach out to them, reach out to them. And yeah, and nice. You know, yeah. Yeah. And so that's I, really important with both the housing and with
1: the building community. Nice. I want to touch on something to do with that, but first I want to say that episode one, uh, sorry, season one, episode 23, we, we talked to a guy named Michael where he had the same experience and, and he didn't really know any foreigners and it was kind of feeling detached. Mm-hmm. And then he met one person and that changed everything. He, he, yep. he said yes to, to kind of a, meet up among, uh, random people. And, um, and then that just blew his friend group up yep. and then he was able to feel confident and feel like he was making inroads, uh, with his life here in Portugal because he was on the brink of giving up. So, mm-hmm. uh, I can, if, yes, if anyone's interested in hearing that story, that's uh, season one, episode 23 on that. Yeah. I want to ask you a question because when you started this, you said that you were living in a Portuguese community mm-hmm. and you didn't have an international community. Why do you think it's important for people to um, to have that international community versus yeah. just staying among Portuguese when they move here?
2: That's a tough one. I think it's up to the individual. I think some okay. people like I want to fully integrate into the, the Portuguese community. I'm going to be you know, part of them and they maybe take those efforts to really integrate and learn the language. And so forth. I have lots of Portuguese friends and and uh, professional resources, but still, just that community of neighbors and stuff. Um, into unless you really understand or know the language, it's ch- a challenge. It's been a challenge for me. I am very challenged with learning the language. Okay. Um, and the other thing too is, in my opinion, uh, many Portuguese they're very they're not very open. They're very closed as mm. far as opening up their home or opening up their lives and wanting to, you know, get to know you. And there are some, but a lot of them are, you know, especially these people that I hear from people that move out to the, you know, the, the rural areas outside of even, even Lisbon in a near rural area Mm. that's nearby and all the neighbors, they don't want to talk to them. They don't want to make eye contact. It's, it's, you know, they feel very isolated. Mm. And I think a lot of it too, Josh is, I have so many Portuguese that apologize for their English, and I look at them and I say, no, don't be sorry. I'm sorry. I'm in your country, and I don't – I can't speak to you in, in you know incompetent Portuguese. I'm sorry. Mm. don't you and so they they feel sorry and they don't they feel shy and they feel incompetent with their English and so they don't want to talk to you if right you take it personal
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that that's that is most likely the case in these rural areas where where it's not that maybe someone's being unfriendly, it's that they don't feel confident in their English to be able to communicate with you knowing that you're a foreigner living there yep. so i would yeah. I would say that that's probably the the root cause of it, right. But Overall, you know, this Portuguese, uh, English fluency levels are like incredible. Really?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. You will, you, you definitely will come across, uh, those that don't feel confident or can't speak English (laughs) very well. And, um, like you said, we're in their country and, uh, we need to learn and speak Portuguese better. (laughs) Exactly. Any, (laughs) any other things in terms of health and wellness you can recommend?
2: Yeah, you know, I think really important, and this is what I really struggle with and I really get turned off by, is these transactional relationships or people that just live inside the Facebook bubble. Okay. You know, and, and reference everything on, well, Facebook told me this and Facebook Ooh. told me that. Yeah. And yeah. And, and, and you know, Good point. it just, I find it very irritating and <laughs> it really turns me off. And, you know, we really need to build authentic relationships with people. Facebook is a great tool. I finally had to turn on my Facebook again uh, in 2023. It's great. I I use it as a one-way resource. I use it as a resource to find the groups, to see what's kind of going on, maybe get some questions answered. I don't like to post. I don't like to throw that stuff out there because you will find 10 haters guaranteed. Yep. No matter what you post, you will have 10 haters that are going to take you down and take you down. Yeah,
1: yeah. It seems like these days there's more people that are are looking to spew hate than be helpful. Yep. It's so weird.
2: Yeah, uh, exactly.
1: I don't understand it. Yeah. I, I I can't understand it either. I mean, I totally agree with you uh, in calling it a tool. I think it's th- that's a great way to frame uh, yes. how to use Facebook is use it as a tool. Yep. One of the things that Kaylee and I noticed, especially like within the first six months to a year when we were living here, um, we saw the change in information and in the, the process of moving to Portugal happen pretty rapidly. Like things mm-hmm. were changing by the week. Right. Mm-hmm. So there were new experiences happening. Yet there were people in, in the Facebook groups that were giving outdated information. And they were muddying the water and it's, it's going to continue to happen because things are just continuing to change in kind of the process overall. So Mm -hmm. you, you really are better off like having a resource or a source of information that, uh, that knows it as opposed to anecdotally knowing it, uh, like you'll find on these Facebook groups.
2: Yep. You always get the person that knows everything and they want to be the know it all and tell you that you're wrong and they're right. And that's very frustrating. and I, I think too, um, with Facebook in the, in the groups and stuff, um, actually one thing I do love to, I, I would love to do this. No, I'm not going to say that because I, I don't want to offend anybody, but <laughs> I, one thing I would say, what I say to my clients is, um, when we, we have, we talk a lot about hacks as far mm-hmm. as for their process of getting to Portugal. And once they get here, and there are several hacks that we, um, we talk about that. I don't want to be on Facebook for one thing. It's, it's almost like, it's, it's like a a trade secret because if Mm. someone puts it on Facebook, then everybody, that, that secret way to get an appointment at Seth, everybody will be doing it and then they're going to ruin it for, you know, that's part of it. Um, and the other part is you, you put on Facebook, like, Hey, there's this shortcut for, you know, getting your consulate, you know, proof of accommodations and you will get Ten people! How dare you cheat the process? You are ruining it for everybody else. I had to wait, you know, twelve months. I had to pay twelve thousand euro. You have to do
1: the same as me. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Okay, so you were talking about some hacks, and mm-hmm. I know this isn't like a perfect segue, but I do want to ask you about um, about WorldPost.io ah, because you have yeah. you have a, a hack for people that are looking to uh receive mail and and get that kind of component taken care of yes um so can you tell us about okay
2: and so i'm back in sioux falls i have a um uh, a um, virtual mail service here in Sioux Falls for people who want to change – who understand and value and want to change their residency, mm-hmm. their tax residency in the U.S. This is for U.S. people, of course. It doesn't have to be. Um, but they want to change it to South Dakota because it's, it's a very friendly – in my opinion, it is the most friendly state for international uh, U.S. citizens moving abroad. It's mm-hmm. the most friendly state tax wise and understanding, you know, not living here and so forth. So um, WorldPost is in Sioux Falls. We cater towards the international person that needs virtual mail and residency. We have had three people so far come through. We have I have resources here in Sioux Falls, uh, building a team. I've been doing this over the last two or three years. Um, we pick people up at the airport. We, or we arrange transportation for them when they fly in to get their to change their residency to, to South Dakota. Um, we have accommodations for them if they so choose. We help them get all the paperwork taken care of. We help them with their virtual mail address, um, and we will help them almost like a concierge service. And, and I really want to build this out um, to, cool. to continue to offer this. And really, I tell I, people don't understand that's a whole different show, Josh. That the importance sure. of your state tax residency, the importance. People in California and the sticky states on both coasts, they really mm-hmm. need a strategy because if they say, Oh, I'm just gonna, you know, get a virtual mailbox in Florida and now I'm a resident of Florida, that works until it doesn't. And when it doesn't work, it's too late. Mm-hmm. And you really need a strong plan. And a financial planner should be an internationally focused financial planner, should help you with that as well to prove your theory and stuff. Or you say, My 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 sister has a you know a, a winter home in Florida, I'm gonna use that address for my residency. That works until it doesn 't either, so it 's really important to have a strong strategy, and that 's what we're doing here at world post and we're also what's really cool where I go back and forth so much and I have clients going back and forth. We have a, a mail uh, and a small package relay service where you know we will um, network with with people that I know when they're coming to Portugal or going back, and then we can relay small things. we have to do some validation process of course, but we'll especially people that need their passport and stuff we will have that get that across the Across the pond fairly quickly in someone's carry on.
1: Nice. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that, that you, you bring it up because just Monday, Kaylee and I uh, met with a couple, they're patrons Mm -hmm. of ours on Patreon and actually made a post. If anyone follows our Instagram uh, of this couple that moved to Madeira about a year ago, and they're now scouting out Porto thinking about uh, possibly moving from Funchal. And we, we started to learn more about their story and they, they, essentially use South Dakota as the state that they wanted to, to move from the U S from for a myriad of reasons. Um, and they talked about how, you know, all you have to do is spend one night in South Dakota. They ended up spending, I think they either said it was like six, seven or eight months there. Um, basically the nicer months when the weather was, was agreeable, um, before they made their move, but they kind of talked us through the strategy that they use. And you're, Basically, you're echoing all the same things and reasons that people should do it. Uh, so very interesting. Yeah.
2: It, 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 do, do I have time for a quick story on that specific, not them specifically, but a sit- sure. similar situation? So I yeah. had uh, a couple that were in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, they were going through against my advisement, but they, they wanted to play it safe. They were going through the um, San Francisco consulate. It took them six months to get their to get their their uh, their visa stamp to 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 yeah. move well beyond their accommodations that they planned 3 months out so forth they are stuck in phoenix um during the super bowl time and you know you go to these uh what do you call these these monthly hotels there's an extended living hotels Extend- and they have a yeah. big sign out Extend- front 400 and you know 250 a week and you're like, oh, right. And then that third week, it's doubled the price. And then you got fees for this. You got fees for that. And the next thing you know, you know you're, you're paying $800 a week to stay in these, 700 800 to stay in these. They're stuck and they're paying all these fees. Mm-hmm. All, and, I, and I would advise anybody, and that's maybe what your, your friends did, if it's conducive to the, the, the months, go to South Dakota. You can stay yeah. there for a fraction of, the, of that and, and just hunker down there, get your residency. If you don't, if you're waiting to get to Portugal, you could do that. But other thing I strongly advise, go to, res, go to South Dakota, change your jurisdiction to, to Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. which now is Texas and Florida. They have now mm-hmm. VFS offices there, if people don't know that. Um, change your, res, your, your, your jurisdiction to the East Coast. I have clients that are going to Washington, D.C., and they are getting their stamp in seven days. yeah, Calendar days. Seven. Yeah. One of them got it in six. They, yeah. they, they got home and they practically got home and they're like, they got their, their email saying, you've been approved. Yeah. <laughs> Send us your passport.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> nice. I love it. I love it. Well, Dallas at Expats Everywhere, we believe that living abroad transforms lives. How has living abroad transformed your life?
2: I think it's getting out of your comfort zone. And really seeing um, we're so egocentric in the U.S. and we think the whole world is like us mm. and getting out and seeing the world um, and just it really, really makes you aware of how, you know, how big the world is and, and the different cultures and and so forth. So, yeah, I would say that it's just getting out of your comfort zone and, and just really opening up your life to, to being uncomfortable. That's how we learn.
1: That's when we learn. Nice. Well, to reiterate the three pillars of su- successful international living would be financial awareness, uh, stable housing, and uh, health and wellness. Yeah? Yes. All right. Dallas, thank you so much for your time. Always great My pleasure. to have you on the podcast. Thank you. So, listener, we know that you are preparing to move to Portugal
0: We did everything ourselves for the D7 visa. So we have a DIY D7 course. We also have a DIY remote worker course now since they've split those up.
1: And if you're already here, we have a living in Portugal course for you. Now, the difference between the D7 and the D8 or the digital nomad visa course that you could get is if you have active income, you should be getting the digital nomad or D8 course. If you have passive income, you should be getting the D7 course. And we have a special promotion for anybody that is a listener of this podcast. If you type in podcast at checkout, you will get $15 off.
0: So these will just guide you through exactly what you need. They stay up to date as things change. And once you purchase it, it's yours for life. So if you're not ready to go now, you can still get it and take a look and you can use it later on.
1: And Kaylee is a mad lady and she is always updating the course. So that it doesn't fall out of date.
0: Well, I have to because they're always changing things. And so it has to stay up to date. That's facts. Thank you so much for joining us this week on Let's Move to Portugal. Contact info for all the services mentioned are in the show notes. If you like the show, please subscribe. If you love the show, please tell a friend, connect with us on our socials. And if you want to help us out, give us a review on your podcast player. Expats Everywhere presents Let's Move to Portugal is produced by Time or Money Productions.
1: Expats Everywhere researches our guests and we do our best to provide factual and relevant information at the time of the recording. Despite our best efforts, we can make no guarantees as to the accuracy of what you've heard in this episode. We highly recommend that you do your own research and check your own facts.